Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Mr. Halbert Sullivan. Mr. Sullivan has spent over 20 years building better families and responsible parents as the CEO of Father's Support Center of St. Louis. Hi, Mr. Sullivan. Hi, Mish. How are you today? I am good. And you know, my dear friend, Jason Greer, who was just on recently. Jason is a member of our board. He's awesome. And and he told me all about you. Oh, wow, Jason. What did you tell him? (laughs) It was all good. (laughs) But it was when he, he was just telling me about your backstory, what you have done, what you are doing now. And I was like, I want to meet him. 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 And that's why you're here today. And thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity to get our message out. Well, you've done some amazing things. So, I mean, tell us how did this all start? It started out weird and wacky. As all I right. Started. See, you're <laughs> in the right place. Um, <laughs> I'm a graduate of the Brown School at Washington University. I have a master's degree in social work. Uh, while at Brown School, I participated in several research projects, and those research projects led to us creating uh, this Responsible Fatherhood uh, program, which we uh, went and got a full 501c3, and we began to do the work. And when I said weird and wacky, we started the program with one staff person, is me, <laughs> and we had about $750, $800, and we just got started. Well, grassroots, the, you got to uh, like that. Yeah, but that was weird, and it was very, very difficult. Uh, the research that I was looking at was looking at uh, poverty and the contributing factors to poverty. And one of the major contributing factors to poverty is children who grew up in fatherless homes, or rather those uh, non-custodial, non-resident fathers. Children without fathers growing up in those homes are more likely to be involved in criminal activities, more likely to be involved in substance abuse. They drop out of high school. About 75% of them drop out of high school. Uh, They commit suicide. About 70% of our homeless. The list goes on and on. But there's another stat that just really keeps the cycle going. 82% of all teenage girls who get pregnant come from fatherless homes. And so, oh, it's just huge. Uh, Substance abuse, juvenile, all in the center percentile come from fatherless homes. So when we can get dads to become involved, we want them to be involved psychologically, emotionally. It will impact those numbers of children that, that... uh, have all those bad things occur in their that's lives. That's awesome because that's going. That's really going straight to the source. Going straight to the yeah. root. That's one of the things I wanted to be able to do. I didn't want to uh, be a social worker and just shuffling paper around. You know, uh, uh, it's nothing wrong with that job, but I wanted to do something that would get to the root cause of the problem. Fatherness stands right in the center of uh, uh, most of those social ills that the children deal with. Wow. And that, as a result, the families deal with, and as a result, the cycle just keeps going. And so that was the main reason. We wanted to, I wanted to impact outcomes for children. I had a little history of my own. I think Jason might have told he, you something about yes, that. Yes, he keyed us into it. You, you Well, mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, I had a little history of my own. Uh, I grew up uh, somewhat with a single parent, but I also took a bad walk uh, down my path. You know, I, I'm a recovering drug addict, but thank God today I got almost 26 years straight 
clean with no drugs, High no five. beer. High five no on nothing. that one. Awesome. And I am an ex-con. Uh, 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 between the ages of 15 and, say, 40, I went to the penitentiary on three different occasions. I was one of those folks out in the streets doing all they could do to raise as much hell as they could. I was also a so-called deadbeat dad. I was not involved in my children's life. I was not being financially supportive on a regular basis. Yeah, I did something now and then, but children need the financial support of their parents every day. Not, right. Not every month or every other month, but exactly. every day. And children also need dads and parents to be involved in their lives. It impacts their emotional stability. It impacts their psychological growth. It's just huge when both parents and primarily the dad. You ever saw how children get when dad's around? Dad's <laughs> going to come to the game. They get different when dad's coming to the game, you know. So the father is a very important piece. He stabilizes the family. And today it takes both incomes. Uh, people don't like to talk about the income piece, but it takes both incomes. It income. does take it both, both incomes. incomes. It's rare that, you and know, so, I mean, it's hard for one person to have enough for the family to, to and and and, you know, what I, I think is what you said, that the, the fathers and, well, fathers and mothers, they need to be stable they themselves. They need to be stable. But not only when we talk about the finance, it is difficult for the one parent to be there uh, to be a part of the psychological growth. Uh, when we have two people there with the children, uh, somebody can take a break every now and then. Yeah. Uh, somebody can get around to the games that they're involved in to decrease the negative peer pressure. Uh, somebody can be there with the uh, daughter, primarily uh, the father, uh, giving the child the agape love. You're beautiful, you know. You're smart, you know. And oftentimes the father will buy the daughter the first trinket that she gets, her first necklace, her first pair of earrings. Dad buys all of that right. while he's telling his princess how beautiful she are. She is, and that impacts her growth and her confidence yeah. as well. And Dad also does another thing. He keeps the bad boys away. <laughs> At least he makes an effort to keep the bad boys away. But uh, it is more uh, uh, to the child's uh, growth and development than just the finances, but we do need those. Right. Know? We do need that. And so we work with our guys. Primary goal is to help them to understand uh, uh, what their role is. What we say at the agency is we're teaching and inducing responsible behavior. Uh, uh, I look at uh, a few theorists because of my background at Brown School, which is the number one school of social work in the nation, the best one going. All right, okay. right here in St. Louis. Right here in St. <laughs> Louis. Got to put a plug in. Um, the The emotional development is directly tied to the parents' Uh, uh, children model their parents. Right. So our number one thing is responsible parenting. And we do that by helping the father-parent change the way he thinks, by beginning to help him to change the way he thinks. Uh, 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 there's so many barriers, there's so many nuances in our society that most of the times those never married, non-custodial, low-income dads, they have a negative way of thinking about parenting and what their role is and what their responsibility is. And so we Got, help them yeah. to adjust that, to bring it back more closer to, quote-unquote, the norm of right. things. And it's not about you anymore. 
You made a decision to do what you did, and a baby came into the world. So now it's about the baby. The right. baby did not ask to come here. Right. The baby is not a part of whatever argument you may be having with the mother. You got to set everything aside so that you can be a part of that child's development. It's your child. Okay, you're precious. Right. So we want him to change. Our parenting skills are about uh, that change, what is responsible fatherhood. Parenting skills is all about child abuse prevention. Uh, research says that the male parent will create the most child abuse, so we help them to understand there's a difference between discipline and child abuse, how yes. to discipline a child. Right. You don't have to strike a child all the time in order to put discipline in place. Then we work with them to understand uh, about uh, relationships. Uh, the mother of your child, she's not your baby's mama. She's the mother of your child. So let's work on that relationship. Regardless of whether the two of you all are together or not, you will still have to have a relationship for about 18, maybe 22 years. Exactly, okay? yes. So how do you interact with her? How do you engage with her? How do you respect her? You must show her the proper respect when you're interacting with her so that the children can understand how the interaction is supposed to go. They adapt that into their interactions as they grow and mature into adult, young adulthood to adulthood, we'll work with them about uh, what is financial literacy, how to save, mm-hmm. why you save, how to save. stop buying them Michael Jordan tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're living in an impoverished situation. Your paycheck might be four, even if it's $500 a week. You got about $300 a month to pay for child support. You got rent to pay for your own place. You got to have every $200 pair of tennis shoes to come out. Right. Help right. you understand how to save your money. And in some situations, how to put a little bit aside so that the child might be able to go to college if it desires to do so. Financial literacy is also about putting together a budget and learning how to live by that budget. We'll also do some things around health. We're very blessed that our nurses from OMSL will come over and help our populations with nutrition, things of that nature, and learning how to eat, how to shop to eat different things not to eat, such as too much canned food. It's not good for you. More vegetables, less salt. Fresh food, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move into one of the primary things that we do along with that. Uh, First, let me say that we have family therapists on staff. We've grown from that one employee to about 52 employees. Okay. Oh wow! We've so grown. this is there. This is this is. I mean, it's it's a pretty big organization then for pretty a big profit, right? For profit, we've grown from that eight hundred dollars to about oh, I think this year's budget is about forty five uh, four million five hundred thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, Mister yes. Sullivan, that uh, is we, that is a huge congratulations it's right God. there. It's got well, we grew. We have, um, uh, they call us a boot camp for one thing. Um, uh, when I first got started, part of the wackiness was <laughs> people told me that that's a good idea, but it's not going to work. And especially so, with those rules that you have, it's so not going to work. I want to talk about the boot camp, but we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to, we're going to, because I wanted to talk about boot camp because that, okay. that, that, that caught my attention. So we'll take a quick break and we will be right back with Mr. Sullivan. We are back with Mr. Sullivan, and we ended at boot camp. Let's talk boot camp. Boot camp is about structure. 
If you remember the good old days going into the service, it's about structure. And we provide a, quite a bit of structure to our guys. Uh, I don't believe that you give people too much. Uh, you give them stuff uh, they don't respect it. You know, when they earn stuff, they respect it more. Right. Uh, our guys come to our program for a year. As, and as I stated earlier, we have family therapists. We have parenting skills people. We have uh, uh, facilitators. Uh, we have attorneys. We have three attorneys on staff that helps with other issues. The boot camp starts off the first six weeks. You come five days a week. 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock for six weeks. That, yeah. You can't it's come with you. It's a commitment. You, you got to commit. Yeah. Our society, as flawed as it is, it still gives a commitment to impoverished people. You know, they still put in billions of dollars a year to assist the impoverished people. Everybody is committed, so why don't you commit to your own betterment? Right. Five days a week, 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock. The boot camp starts off. You can't wear your hat on in your building. You can't come in with your pants falling down. You can't wear the T-shirts with all those negative messages on them. And you have to show up every day. Uh, if you miss two days, then the social workers will sit down with you and let you know that this may not be for you. Yeah, miss two yeah. days or be late two days, okay? We expect that you participate, okay? We cannot, uh, we're going to respect you. Uh, we're not going to tell you what to or how to, but we're not going to tolerate a whole bunch of negatives and a whole bunch of making fun of what our presenters or facilitators are presenting. But did you guys interject just real quick? Because you you went from having, you know, doing your own thing. You you walked this walk, so mm -hmm. you know what these right and but. And did you have your own boot camp that you went through to get to where you are now? I didn't have it quite as structured the way it is, okay? Uh, I went into a drug rehab, okay. okay? And that was a little bit of a confining, but you can leave when you got ready to. Uh, the regiment came uh, from my own self. I am still a participant in Narcotics Anonymous. As a matter of fact, I'm going to a meeting tonight. Okay. The structure that came out of there calls for a commitment from the human being. Okay, I had uh, got the other structure, I cannot remember the name of it, from a another evidence practice model that, had, that dealt with employment. Okay. How to get people ready for employment. Part of what we're doing in that six weeks is getting them ready for employment. I listed off the parenting skills, relationship skills, domestic violence, the... Very important piece is employment. Well, yeah, right. In 1997, 98, I put it together. I had talked to maybe 150 employers, and I asked these guys, what would it take, what do I need to give them so that you'd be able to give them a job? Many of them will have no work history. Uh, many of them will not have a high school diploma, and some of them will have criminal backgrounds. And when right. they get through, they need to have a job. Well, yeah, Those or they'll just revert back. Revert straight back. Those employers told me to a man, if you can guarantee these entry-level jobs, that they'll show up every day and be on time every day. That's one of the biggest problems that employers have today, particularly when they hire new people. Right. Is that person showing up every day and showing up on time. So that's a part of the process. Also, one of the things uh, from my own personal experience was I didn't want people telling me what to do. Everybody's got a boss. Yeah. Everybody's got a yeah. boss. You know, I'm the founder, but I got a boss. It's called board of directors. Exactly. Okay? I didn't want people telling me what to do. So 
part of the structure is intended to get this person used to someone giving you some input, some directions, and or some orders if necessary, right, you know. Right, And helping to understand why a job. I don't know how you feel about your job, but most people who are employed, they are a small business person, mm-hmm. just depending upon how you look at it. Right, Okay. right. You don't work for McDonald's, the hamburger people. You work for yourself exactly. so that you can have a roof over your head, so that you can buy groceries, so that you can buy a car, so you can take care of your kids. So you work for yourself. So you got to learn how to take care of that job until you get another job that can help pay for the things that you need in your life. And so that's part of the reasons for the boot camp, they've not been used to structure. Right. And the environments that they come out of and the homes that they come out of, there's very little structure. So to bring structure, you'd be surprised. Our fathers and our moms, they thrive in a structured environment. I think most people do, though. Most people do. I think most people do. The first week of our class, because it's eight to four, we get a little pushback, and that's when we talk about oh, the I'm rules sure. and everything, and the men hear about well, the six Well, you've got weeks. to teach them why structure is good for them, which is a, that's a hard thing that's for hard somebody thing. who's never had it, right? Uh, yeah, but around about week three, it's hard to get rid of them, period. <laughs> we got a young man in the class today. <laughs> then they get comfy. All right, I mean, we so got a young guy in the are class we ready? Today. He's got, oh, we're rolling. Okay, he's go. got every right to stay at home. He was in a car accident, hurt his back real bad. He's got a back brace on. He's got crutches, and he's still limping up and down today class. It's hard to get with him once they start seeing and getting the benefit of the structure. We teach responsible behavior, right. and they begin to get it. Right. We also use past clients to come up and talk to them about what their experiences has been. Very good. My facilitators, the people who lead the class, most of them were once in that class themselves, and they talk about what is going on in their life once they've been completed. So that they can show that... You know, okay, this is difficult, but this, on the other side of this, life is looking a lot better. Most people um, that don't go from high school to college, they have some difficulties in their world. Most people, they'll go back to school at night, they'll go to college in the evening time. They're dealing with work, college, and kids most of the time. We all have difficulties and challenges. It's how you choose to deal with those challenges that makes the difference. And we help our guys to understand choices. You have choices. I come from a premise of... um, um, you have to learn how to control you. So a lot of things in our outside world that we can't do nothing about, and exactly. we spend a lot of time trying to, but if we learn how to control myself, then I will have an opportunity to impact some of that stuff that's going on. But I got to first control myself. Right. I got to see about my family. I got to see about my children. I got to see about my community. And as you see, it grows a little bit, and then you'll begin to have some type of impact in other areas. But first is about you. You have to learn how to be responsible for you. Uh, it's not everybody else his fault. What happened to you? When right. I thought about my life, it, it wasn't other people that made me drop out of high school. You know, I call it parenting yourself. <clears throat> I call it, you know, at a certain point, you may have to parent 
parts of yourself that your parents weren't able to parent. That's a good term. You Especially know? once you become an adult and you've left your parents' right. house and you're on your own. You are now responsible for the rest of your parenting. Don't be pointing fingers. And other people. And, <laughs> and other situations. It's not going to get you anywhere or Nowhere else you're just living. All. You're just you know, like, we, it's not like you're living any sort of awareness. You're just kind of flopping around, you know. And America is still got a lot of good stuff for people. It may be a little difficult at times. We right. may be going through some difficulties now, but there is still a lot of good stuff. Education is free. Mm-hmm. We get training dollars to help them to go get a trade. America oh, is still awesome. good. We get some dollars where we can help him to pay his first and last month's rent. But you got to get through this piece first. Right, right. Uh, we put everything on those six weeks, okay? It's no sense in me helping you to pay your rent and you don't know how to maintain that or you haven't exhibited exactly. that you will know how to. I'm not going to do that. I uh, Forgive me, I got a little concerned. Little conservative shriek in me. I don't believe in continuously to give people stuff. No, well, we got to help them to learn. Giving them all the time though isn't going to help them grow. They got to grow they and they got to learn grow. how to get stuff for themselves. Our country is still a pretty good country for people who want to work with themselves and help themselves out. Well, so, I have to say, thank you for this positivity. It's nice to hear positivity <laughs> right now when everything feels so negative. So thank you for that. It's a good time in America. Yeah, I it love really it. Is. It's a I good love time it. in America. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back with Mr. Sullivan. Thank you. So I am back with Mr. Sullivan, and okay, well, I have to ask this because you need me to ask this. This is an important <laughs> question, isn't it? Let's talk it's about capital. Us. Tell uh, me about capital. Well, the agency, we're in the middle of a conducting a capital campaign. All right. Uh, one of the main reasons for that capital is because we are currently in a state building, and the state is going to shut it down, and they're trying to sell the building. So uh, we have to find us a new location. Gotcha. Uh, our location that we found is a very centrally located place. It's 1601 Olive. Public transportation is all over us, uh, but the location also gives uh, an opportunity for us to increase the number of people that we serve. We're looking at uh, at least a 34% increase around about year three in the number of people that we're able to serve. The building is a really good building, 20,000 square foot of space, and we'll be able to bring in uh, another service that we're not able to provide at this current location. Uh, we have what we call a one-stop shop. In other words, we have therapists on staff to deal with trauma uh, that people have experienced in their yeah. lives. We have attorneys on staff to help them to get their visitation in place, to help them to uh, uh, get a right-size child support order. Uh, we want to bring in some type of hard skills training. Right now, we're preparing to bring in a technology lab. We're looking at the area where jobs, uh, the need for jobs are not being met. Right. So we have a lot of great opportunity uh, with our location, and it's close to downtown, which means we'll be able to serve people on the east side more easier. Uh, we're trying to increase our diversity so that those from the south side feel comfortable coming uh, to receive these services. All kids could benefit by having a responsible father back in their lives. Absolutely. So how do people find you? Those oh people God. with capital out there. Those people with capital out there, and we definitely need some assistance with that campaign. The campaign is a $4.3 million campaign. Currently, we raised about $3 million. If you want to make a donation to the agency, call us at 314 333 
4170. You can also hit us up on the internet. Uh, fatherssupportcenter.org is the website. I'll repeat that. Fatherssupportcenter.org <laughs> is the website. And you can make a contribution through the website, too. Awesome sauce. Let's Thank get them you. there. Let's get people there. All right. Hear that, everybody? Capital is needed so we can keep doing this good work. Um, okay. I have this question for you. Ready? Ready. Tell us about Gary Turner. Gary Turner? Gary Turner. He's on your website. He's one of our clients. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you asked me, you called me off base with that question. Okay. Uh, but uh, tell, he won one of the, um, uh, what do you call it? Father of the Year. The year. Okay. So you give Father of the Year award. We awards. give Father of the Year award. Uh, my interaction with clients is not what it used to be. Gotcha. I'm okay. I'm a little bit back away well, from the Well, let's just the talk about the, the Father of the How Year award. How do you award? get to yeah. be Father of the Year? You, you, you should be away from the program for at least a year. You should demonstrate that you're still employed, that you're involved in your child's life, and that you see them regularly. Involvement does not mean once a month and on birthdays. means that you're having some interaction at least weekly, and you're able to demonstrate that you're having that right. interaction. We, we talk to the mom about that, and we talk to other family members about that. And uh, as I stated, you're still employed and that you're involved in your child's life, and that you're involved in the community activities. These things help you become nominated for Father of the Year. Got ya. So okay. Gary Turner, he did all that. Yay. Well, and we need more Gary Turners out there. With the Father of the Year this year, I think we had about four or five guys that were nominated for okay. this. So there are quite a few fathers that are doing all this. At least 70% of our guys, we follow our guys for about a year, okay, uh-huh. uh, continues to be positive positively involved in their child's life, working the whole nine yards. Uh, Normally, for Father of the Year, the staff will nominate their pick. They have more information about the clients gotcha. than I do. Well, you've okay. grown it to where it's, a, you know, you can't you can't be in all the details. you got to do the big vision stuff. Well, I, I make an effort to be in all the details. Uh, I was in the classroom today, and when the staff finds out that I'm in there, somebody comes and get me out. <laughs> I make an effort to, but as you put it out, I cannot. You know, uh, we concentrate on uh, program development, uh, maintaining what we think is best practice, uh, methods and strategies, and we concentrate on raising the dollars necessary to keep the doors open. Gotcha. And that's, I mean, that it right? It takes a whole community of people to make something like this happen. And, so well, somebody has to be staff. the vision, and you got to, and then, then you've got the staff that takes on everything else, and it's great awesome. Great staff takes a great staff. The guys that come to us and the moms, no high school diploma, no work history. No interaction, positive interaction with children. Discipline for them is a whooping, a beating, you know. Right, Um, I said no work history. These are the people that come to us. Yeah. So it takes a great staff, a great team in order to bring about a good result. And while not all of our people complete, we're right around a 70, 75% completion rate. But of that number, about 72% of them get a job. That's awesome. We're talking about about between the responsible fatherhood and our reentry work. We're talking about six hundred guys a year. Wow! You're talking about seven percent of six hundred a year that's getting a job. That's a good good outcome. That's amazing. So tell me about. Um, I mean, when you think about these fathers, do you do you suggest for them any? 
books they should read or people they should follow or, you know, what kind of, what should we read? What should these fathers read or know? Well, the suggestion that I make might be a little different from other people. That's uh, what I want to hear it. <laughs> I, su- I suggest that you read the Bible. Okay. And I suggest that you don't make a rush out of reading it, that you study the Bible. God's Word is still the good Word. And uh, contrary to what a lot of people think, while people use it as a religious tool, the Bible is a tool that helps us to understand how to live and how to live with each other in society. It's just a matter of reading it and not letting somebody else tell you what's in the book. I got a guy I know by the name of Dave Stewart. I, we you know, know Dave. Dave. Yeah, I've Dave. never, I, I've never met Dave, but he is worldwide technology. Worldwide technology. Right? Dave yeah. wrote a book, doing business the good book way. This man, as we know, he understands money. We know that because right. he started out from what I heard as a mail, delivering mail. Okay, if the good book can help us to understand how to do business, it can certainly help us to understand how to live life. Well, and I really appreciate that because I have to tell you, um, it always irks me when people like use by the Bible to, you know, you should because, and I'm thinking, you know, the Bible's kind of a, a personal thing. It's a very it's personal, a personal thing. thing. It's very personal. It's not to be used to judge people or it's it's your, per, how you personally interact with it. And I, I so appreciate that. Thank well, you for thank that. thank you. I was a little, because there are many books uh, that, People can suggest that another person read, you know, many books, you know. Uh, but a sig- mass significant amount of whatever we have today in America has come out of that book, the Bible book. And religion to me, and, and, and I may be interpreting it wrong, it means way of life. A bunch of traditions that help us to understand how to live. Oh, my gosh. Very well said. That's about it. Thank you, Mr. Sullivan. I well, love it. Well, I'm just still uh, trying to figure my way out, too. You know, <laughs> still trying to figure my way out. Well, that just and means so, that you're continuing to grow, right? Because it, once you think you've got it all figured out, done. no, you no, don't you have know, it all figured out. Something, something new happens. Something <laughs> That's new right. happens, you know. So, well, I appreciate I so appreciate you being on today well, and sharing with us what you do. It's amazing. And think, and well, it's a great gift to St. Louis to have it. It's a wonderful gift, but the amazing thing that I've learned over these 21, 22 years is the population that I work with. Back in 1996, 97, they called these guys deadbeat dads. These yeah. guys are not deadbeat. When you get 70% of 500 to stay with you for six weeks, they're not deadbeat. Some of them might be dead broke, but they're not deadbeat. That's the thing that is amazing to me, the fact that so many of the fathers that carry that label, they really want to be involved. They don't know how. They don't know how. No one's given them the tools. No one's given them the tools. Many of them have come from homes where they didn't have a father. Right. A a single-parent home. Many of them are coming from environments where the negative is thought to be the good. That's not Right. That's not the right. negative is what brings the money and yeah, I got gotcha. you. So therefore they you know, their alternatives and their choices built around the environments that they come out of. And these guys, they come, they stick, they stay. Uh, we we track our guys. Uh, 
And we know over the course of a year, 70% of them are still on track. Right. Still Which on track. Which is great. Ooh. You should be doing happy dances at I do. all times. <laughs> but I do happy dances. Sid will tell you that I do happy dances. <laughs> I know. I'm going to meet um, Sid someday. Her and I are like kindred yeah. spirits already. And the mothers and the aunties, people ask us, well, how do you get your population? Still today, about 50, 55% come from word of mouth. The moms, the grandmothers, the aunties, they're sending theirs. The neighbors, they're sending theirs. Now, we do get guys from family court. Right. And we get guys from child support enforcement. But right. But most of our guys come from word of mouth. That, too, speaks volumes to the impact that our work has on a guy when he goes home and his mother sees the difference and she refers the other one down there, too. I love it. So hopefully yeah. this podcast will help with that. Well, We're going to send I'm it out sure there it so more people can learn about Mr. Sullivan and the Father yeah. Support Center. Thank, Thank you. you for being a guest today. Thank you for allowing me this opportunity. All right. Everybody out there, you have been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Go to iTunes and subscribe. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.